everyone, and welcome back to Relevant Talk with Athalia Monet. Today, we have award-winning producer, movie studio exec, and unfortunately, stage three cancer, throat cancer survivor and author of Compassion Heals, Mr. Lee Thomason, also known as Patient Lee. How are you doing today, Lee? You know what? I'm actually great. And given my medical history, uh, not just the cancer, but for a lifetime before that, Every day above ground is a is a is a great day. So it's good to be here. My sentiments exactly. <laughs> awesome. I'm happy <laughs> to hear that. So Lee, um, tell us about Compassion Heals. Well, yeah, the book the book, well, Compassion Heals is actually um a not-for-profit organization. Um during a, a lifetime of medical um involvements, I have always been treated. Uh, competently. I mean, I'm still alive and that's kind of a miracle, but also very, very, very compassionately. It was so common for me that it was the norm. Um, Unfortunately, at the very end of my, uh, what's the right word, grueling uh, cancer treatment for advanced throat cancer, um, I woke up in a hospital. I fell unconscious and was rushed to the hospital with what they called an unidentifiable septic infection at the site of my port. And so here I am in the hospital. I'm absolutely miserable. I'm towards the end of my treatment. I've lost 60 pounds. Swallowing saliva is like swallowing broken glass. Hadn't been able to work in eight or 10 months. So hadn't made any money, running up huge debt. Didn't know if I'd live, let alone be able to work again so life was life sucked and deeply depressed and if there ever was a time when I could have used the slightest bit of kindness caring and compassion from the nurses and the doctors and everybody else at that hospital it was then and I got absolutely zero I got the exact opposite these people treated me like the aging white male with um, advanced cancer and an uh, unidentifiable infection, not as a living, breathing human being with hopes and dreams and fears and family and all of that. And what I discovered in that moment, because it was so extraordinarily different than what I was used to, It literally, when I put, I can't speak for you, but when I put my life in somebody's hands, that's the biggest chance I can ever take. And it requires an enormous amount of trust. And they become gods and goddesses to me. So when they think that I'm not worth simple human kindness and I'm more of a burden than um, a human being trying to survive and live a life, I assume they were right. Mm -hmm. And I decided that I was a problem. I was a problem to my wife. I was a problem to my family. I was a problem to my colleagues and my business and everybody else in the world would be a better place without me. So I had a ton of fentanyl patches that uh, barely dulled the pain, despite how powerful they are. And I knew that if I put enough of them on, I could very quietly go to sleep. And my family, it looked like an overdose, and my family would collect a huge key man life insurance policy that would allow them to live like kings and queens for the rest of their life. And I thought, what a great parting gift now that I'm this big pain in the butt. Uh And that's what I would have done had it not been for uh, just after I got out of the hospital, a very 
wonderful doctor friend came to visit. And I needed to ask him how many patches to put on because if I put too many, it's suicide and you can't collect. So, you know, that's no good. So he sat down next to me, put his hand on my arm because he could see how upset I was and in complete physical misery and simply gave me the courtesy of listening. And when I I spoke very slowly because it was hard for me to speak, it was excruciating. When I finally croaked out all of the indignities I had experienced and how I felt, he lowered his head for a moment, raised it and very softly said, Lee, I am so, so, so sorry. Mm -hmm. Please accept my apology for the lack of compassion you experienced. It's unforgivable. It's absolutely necessary that you have both competency and compassion for the best outcome. And especially now, you deserve much better than that. Wow. All of a sudden, I felt seen, heard, appreciated Mm -hmm. by this lovely man. And then very politely, he said, may I make a suggestion? Sure. He said, rather than giving up and giving in and ending your life, how about this? How about you fight? And if you're lucky enough to survive, how about you spend the rest of your life speaking to healthcare professionals and others about the care you didn't get, the impact it had on you, and see if you can't make them be more compassionate, help them realize how lacking in compassion they've been, and restore them to the compassionate beings they were when they first got into healthcare. And in that moment, his trust in me, his belief in me, his caring about me, gave me the will to live and Mm -hmm. to fight. And it's why I'm alive today. So out of that, he said, well, why don't you start a movement or something? Well, I don't know what a movement was, but I started to study compassion deeply. And out of that came Compassion Heals, the 501c3 corporation, and uh, several hundred keynotes in the last six years since I regained my voice, all to healthcare audiences around the world. Um, and my book, uh, which just got published, called Compassion Heals, not surprisingly, from self-care to healthcare. If you don't take care of yourself first, you cannot stay healthy enough to care for others. Right. So that's the message of the book is, to healthcare professionals and everybody else, your health and well-being comes first. Once you have that, then you can start healthfully helping others to heal. That's Long and short question, but that's how it happened. No, that's fine. But Lee, one of the things you do when you go around and you, you uh, do your public speaking, you wear your hospital gown. <laughs> I do. And uh, <laughs> I must tell you, uh, People think, you know, well, first of all, they're like, what the heck is when I walk out there? (laughs) I am literally wearing, you know, with the back flapping around. I'm wandering around in this thing. And I but I wear it for a very specific reason. I've done Mm -hmm. a couple of hundred keynotes now, all in a patient's gown. And the humiliation of it never goes away. Mm -hmm. When I step on stage, I am humiliated instantly now i get over it now but i do it to remind those healthcare professionals that every moment whether we're in that gown or not but especially if we're in that gown we are humiliated 
We are in pain. Mm -hmm. We are worried. We are scared. And we need you to be kind, caring, and compassion mm -hmm. in addition to smart. So that's why I wear it. It definitely gets people attention, as does my first question, which is, okay, let's get it out of the way. Raise your hand if you think I'm wearing boxers under this. People, <laughs> how many of you think I'm wearing briefs under this? And the third one is, okay, how many of you think maybe just maybe I'm going commandoing and half the room raises their hand. It's like, okay, those of you who think I'm naked under this, we're going to go party tonight. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it really does serve a purpose to wake them up to the fact that patients are in misery mm -hmm. from the moment we get into their presence. Yeah. And um, I imagine that that's why you were wearing it. And along with what you say to your audience, along with that, and you wearing your gown, I'm sure that humbles a lot of them, even, you know, the ones who were guilty of not providing the best care to patients that they can. Yes. And, and here's the thing, though. Let me make this very, very clear. I'm alive today because of those doctors, nurses, and everybody else. Mm -hmm. I owe them my life. I am eternally and infinitely grateful for that. Mm -hmm. That said, when I started to study compassion in healthcare in particular, I discovered something that was astonishing, not surprising when you think about it, but astonishing at the time. And that is that 60% in a good time, 60% of, of healthcare providers burn out. And when mm -hmm. you burn out, you become emotionally numb, insensitive. And if you're burned out, you are incapable of providing the other half of treatment, which is competency and compassion, mm -hmm. which has now been scientifically proved, both of which are absolutely necessary for the best outcome. So um, the simple fact that those weren't bad people no. that cared for me in that hospital, my guess is the vast majority of them were burned out. Mm -hmm. So instantly I realized their pain and I began to feel compassion for them and gratitude for this incredibly, ridiculously hard job they do mm -hmm. for not enough money. So mm -hmm. it, it, it changed, I have to say. When he said, start a movement, I thought the movement was, get these jerks out of healthcare. No, I realized that's wrong. Mm -hmm. These people need to be reminded and inspired that giving and giving and giving until you burn out is not productive or healthy. Not for you, not for your family, not for your colleagues, not for your institution, but especially not for your patients. Because when you're burned out, there's nothing noble about it. You are hurting and killing people, including yourself. And I've been burned out. It is no pleasure. Mm -hmm. It is a misery, second only to cancer. I can imagine. So Compassion Heals, it, um, it inspires the healthcare providers that's one of the benefits of your book to them and inspires them. And it reminds them that they need to practice need self care to... for themselves first. Yes. And, and, and extend it yes. to the, the extend, you know, um, how can I say extend 
not the self-care to the patients, but um, extend their their natural compassion, right, to the, right, to the patients. Nobody so, in their nobody in their right mind goes into medicine unless they see the pain of another and feel powerfully moved to help remove that pain. That's the right. definition of compassion. Right. So that's how the the healthcare providers benefit from Compassion Heals. Mm-hmm. What do you feel the impact of Compassion Heals have on patients? Yeah, great question. And the answer is much easier now to answer than it was 10, 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. People used to think that compassion was a healing agent for patients, but they didn't really have any conclusive studies or evidence that that was the fact. Right. Um, a couple of years ago, two research scientists sat down and said, you know, we're going to research, we're going to look at every single study that's ever been done on compassion. And we're going to determine, based on those scientific studies, double blind, all of that stuff, whether or not it's just a nice thing to do if you kind of feel about it, or whether or not it is an extraordinary healing agent. And they went into that research believing it was not. It was just a nice thing to do if you had the time. Two and a half years later, when they finished uh, reviewing over 100 studies, they had changed 180 degrees. And they came out and said, with a book called Compassionomics, I highly recommend it if you want to know the science. Not the theory, not the opinion, not the feelings about it, but the science of compassion. Read this book. And they determined incontrovertibly that compassion positively impacts the immune system, your pain receptors, your mental and emotional condition. It speeds your healing. It lengthens the um, length of time your healing lasts. It gets you out of the hospital sooner. Um, It is absolutely an incredibly completely uh, powerful, completely free medicine that sadly 50% of Americans today say they experience zero compassion from their healthcare providers. So when you combine 60% burnout and 50% of their patients don't get any compassion, which is must be included for the best result, that's a crisis of compassion. Both the people who work there need more compassion so they can give more to the patients now who 50% aren't getting any. So that's why I do my work is to see if I can't help healthcare providers heal themselves so that they can be the best possible healer with the patients they treat every single day. And you know something else, just to make a point, Uh all of those benefits that go for the person who receives compassion, how cool is this? The giver gets exactly the same Uh benefits. Uh It boosts your immune system. It boosts your mood. It boosts your mental and emotional condition. Strengthens your immune. They get the exact benefits. So someone once said, you want to be happy? Rather, you want to make somebody happy? Be kind to them. You want to be happy? Be kind to them. So the giver and the getter both get the same benefits. 
that's a pretty nifty gift. And the benefits are life-saving and life-giving for sure, scientifically proven. It is, and it, and it feels, it just feels, as a giver, it just feels good. Um, even if you're not in a, so, if you're in a not so good place yourself, emotionally, or whatever your situation is, if you're not in a not so good place yeah. yourself in your life, if, if you know, you showing compassion for someone else and trying to help someone else out in whatever way you can, it, yes. it does feel good because it's, not all about us sometimes and um when you're personally speaking like if I'm not in a good place and if I extend myself to someone for in whatever way that I can um that lifts my spirits because even though I'm not in a good place I'm not so selfish that I don't want someone else to not be in a good place if that makes any sense well it does because that's actually the definition of compassion you see look we all have pain as humans we are always going to have pain and loss and grief Right. The, 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 the way to master compassion and be able to give it is we have to be willing to look deep inside of ourselves, discover what pain we have, and vow to never take it out on anybody else. Mm-hmm. The most compassionate people in the world still have enormous pain. Mm-hmm. They just know where it is and what it is. And when it comes up, when they're in the presence of another, they can just tell it to sit back and relax and not take it out on the person in front of them. So the answer is not to relieve all of your own pain. That's never going to happen. You're always going to have loss and pain. The question is, are you willing to look at it, identify it, so that when it comes up, when you're in a situation where you could be useful and compassionate, you're able to do it? Right. So I have to actually, um, what has the reception been from um, uh, the medical, the healthcare providers? Yeah. With yeah. this message? With well, this message, yeah. Yeah. The answer is it is, uh, it is shifting radically, but not fast enough. Mm-hmm. change is coming very quickly. There is an organization that is exceptional, founded by Dr. Arnold P. Gold, mm-hmm. called, cleverly enough, the Gold Foundation, whose motto is keep healthcare human. It's all about the care, not about the treatment. And um, they have gotten involved um, and have working arrangements with every single medical school in America today and 85% of all the nursing schools in order to bring that message of the importance of compassion for patients and providers to new doctors and nurses as they get into the industry. So that's going to begin to uh, implant that, where before most medical schools were so inhumane and nursing schools, they just beat people up, you know, ridiculous hours and, and suffering and, and rudeness and impolite horrible working conditions in in medical and nursing schools. So it's changing there. The other thing is, is given um, the preponderance of Medicare patients in America today, which is the largest single group of people in America being treated, and, you know, obviously an enormous amount of money, the U.S. government pays for that. So they have institute uh, what's called an HCAPS uh, review, when you leave the hospital, you fill it out. 
has nothing to do with the shots, the stitches, the scalpel, none of that. Mm-hmm. Because who knows how to say whether that was good or bad. <laughs> I don't. Um, like, I don't know if it was good or bad. You cut me, you sewed it up. It's like, okay. However, the questions are all about the care you got or didn't. Mm-hmm. And based on those responses, those hospitals and all hospitals who treat Medicare patients have to provide it. All those hospitals, if they have higher than average uh, reviews, they get more that they put in for a dollar to be returned to them. They get a dollar ten. They get more if they're better at it. If they're average, they get a dollar. If they're sub average, they get 90 cents. So the U.S. government is actually um, actively supporting a better quality of care for patients by tying it to profits and it's working. Mm-hmm. So um, now there's always the old curmudgeon, that isn't the way we did it when I went to medical school and, you know, look, I made it through. And they say it just like that, which tells you uh, this is the guy who needs it more than anybody. Um, but those people are changing and they're being replaced by people who are much more in touch with the necessity of providing compassion to themselves and their patients, colleagues, family, and friend. So the world is changing in healthcare. And I would say that there is a movement afoot to bring kindness back to the world. And I would tell you, between you and me, I don't know how else to do it. Mm-hmm. Kindness is something that will cure all that ails us. It's the power that allowed us to form communities. We're genetically formed to do that. It's what got us through the ice age and the dinosaurs coming together so we weren't a single human being being eaten by a tyrannosaurus. When you've got 50 human beings and somebody says, hey, you know, you guys want to get eaten? How about this? I'll watch you at night. You can sleep and you won't get eaten. You watch me. We'll form a little community and those tyrannosaurus will be less likely to get us. That's what we need to do now is each of us commit to not just pissing and moaning about how sucky the world is. Instead, say, I'm going to make the difference I can make. I'm going to do one single kind act a day. One little act. Open a door, uh, open the gate, hand the homeless person a dot, whatever it is Mm -hmm. for somebody else. One a day for the next week. And get into the habit of it. We can change the world. And that's the only way to do it. I agree. And that takes me to my next question. First of all, it's actually a comment. Excuse me. Um, To know that uh, you were dealing with cancer, because I know that cancer is a monster. You You was dealing with that. But on top of dealing with cancer and being ill from that, you weren't getting the best care. Uh, right. in the hospital and on top of those two things you were contemplating uh suicide correct so i'm 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 knowing these things and i'm thinking maybe you went through these things to get to the point where you're at right now maybe this is your calling to do exactly what you're doing right now and unfortunately as unfortunate as your experience was, maybe that's what you needed to go through to get to this point 
so that you can um, do exactly what you're doing yeah. and help the medical field as, as well as patients. How do you feel yeah. about that? I think that that is 1000% correct. You know, I, whatever the powers that be that are at the center of creation, that's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. But what I do know is, is that all through my life, I was very empathetic to the pain of others. Mm-hmm. I mean, my wife would smack me. You know, I was like, don't go over and help that guy sitting, you know, laying under that tree. You know, it could hurt you and shoot you. Hun, but he's bleeding. What am I, I got to go. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, that's just who I am. And right. uh, I, I studied actually. <laughs> I actually studied to go into the ministry in college. Fortunately, um, or unfortunately, that didn't happen, but I think it was for a very good reason. And I've had a very, very, very good life since. But I've always wanted to help people. And, you know, given I was in the entertainment industry and a producer and a studio owner and blah, 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 blah. You know, I did a certain amount of good for the people who worked for us and with us. But that's not the same as really getting deep down and seeing if we can't heal what ails people. Uh So I do believe that there is no way in the world I would have followed that path, which I should have in my youth, perhaps, um, if it hadn't been for the cancer, which wiped out everything, took away my job, took took away my money, took away my relationship, took away my health and had me start completely fresh from the beginning, I will tell you that I have never enjoyed and gotten more pleasure and value out of anything I have ever done in my life than having the privilege and honor of interacting with people who've dedicated every moment of their life to treating, curing, and comforting the sickest of the sick. Mm -hmm. So I get goosebumps just thinking about those people and how honored I am Mm -hmm. to be able to possibly inspire them just a touch to either be a little bit more compassionate than they are to their patients, or if they need it, to be more compassionate to themselves. Right. That is an honor. This is my calling. This is my purpose. This is why I'm alive, and I am blessed to have finally found it, even if I had to go through all of those experiences. Mm-hmm. It was worth it. It was worth it, yeah. Yep. So, so after, you, um, after you started on your journey, your movement, what have you and your doctor friend who encouraged you to give life another chance, what have your conversations been like since then? Well, uh, we're still the very, very, very best of friends. Uh, he wrote a wonderful review of the book. He's mentioned in the book. I obviously thank him in the back of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's the guy? Without him, uh, I'm dead. Yeah. Period. End of story. I mean, yeah. I have enough federal patches to kill 10 people. Mm-hmm. So um, I loved him before he did that. It's not surprising to me that he did that because that's who he is. That's who he is. And he has... He's a brilliant doctor, but he cares deeply, not only about the medical result or the outcome, but about the person behind that illness. Mm -hmm. So um, he and I have gotten closer, uh, best of friends still, and uh, I am honored. I'm honored to know him and eternally grateful to him as I am 
to the practitioners who took care of me. Yeah, and I'm sure he's super proud of you and, and what you're doing. Well, I think he is. And we're going to, you know, we're making a documentary. Okay. Um, and we're signing corporate partners now to help us produce it. And um, it's a documentary. It's not a scripted um, about the heart science and business of compassion. He's going to be one of the people that we interview. And when we interview him, he's going to tell the story of what he did with me. And the people won't know that he was the one until I tell my story. And they realize, oh, my God, that was, that was the guy you know. he spoke to. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> so he will definitely be in the movie. And he's a very famous guy. He had a radio talk show for, what, 25 years? Uh, mm. You know, Dr. Dean Adele's show. And he's just a, an extraordinary human being. So have you titled the, the documentary yet? No, it's going to be along the same lines. It'd probably be a little bit different. We have a tentative title. Again, Compassion Heals doesn't get much better than that. Right. Um, but I, what we're probably going to say for a tagline is you, period, me, period, the world, period. Okay. So that's probably what the title will be. Um, awesome. So if anybody knows any... Um, corporations who want to have their name uh, and be associated with a movie that uh, hopes to heal the world uh, please let me know okay i definitely will lee was, you. you're welcome lee it was such a pleasure um hearing your story today um i'm impressed by your movement i'm happy for your doctor friend who took the time out to let you know um how special you were, which is why you're still here with us today and right. um, going around uh, healing with your story. Um, I'm excited about your, your documentary. That's why I was asking the name of because I, I would like to watch it. Trust um, me. We, trust me. We will let you know. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how can, how can uh, we order your book? Yeah. Very simple. Um, you can go to my website. Um, which is uh, very simple. It's uh, leetomlinson.com, L-E-E-T-O-M-L-I-N-S-O-N. And you can pre-order it and save a few bucks on it. Or if that's a pain in the neck, just go on to uh, Amazon and order uh, Compassion Heals from Self-Care to Healthcare right there. Okay, awesome. Simple as that. Before we wrap things up, is there anything else you would like the audience to know? Yes. Okay. Now more than ever in my lifetime, and I'm 72, the world needs your kindness, caring, and compassion to bring us back together as human beings. We're all in great pain. We must be kind, or I'm afraid the world will end. Mm -hmm. So... Take responsibility, pull up your trousers, and start being kind, caring, and compassionate. One small act a day can save a life. Yeah. You never know. Give that gift more often than you are now. Awesome. And thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, My pleasure. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your evening.
I promise. And uh, I will wave to you from uh, Crestone, Colorado this evening. <laughs> okay. I'm going to look forward to that. Look for it. Look for it. <laughs> Good to speak to you. Thank, Thank you for you. the pleasure. You're Bye-bye. Welcome. Bye-bye.